guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Wednesday edition of the show. And today's episode of Draft Dudes is brought to you by Built Bar. Kyle, box number two has been ordered. It's on the way. I cannot wait. Uh, for, yeah, yeah, it didn't take long, brother. Got to get that second box rolling. Uh, remember, promo code Locked On gets you ten bucks off your first box at BuiltBar.com. Kyle, it's AFC South Day. It is. It's also a Wednesday. I don't know if you wasn't paying attention if you dropped. Wednesday I think I got it right. I, I was I, too consumed by Built Bar. It's funny we we now have people like on Twitter and stuff are being like, "Dude, these things better be good." You are pumping the gas on them so hard, and this is not just hyperbole. I promise. They're legit. But, I couldn't imagine somebody not liking them. Right? Like, if you like candy and you like healthiness, there's something for everyone. But there's also something for everyone in this AFC South draft class. Nice segue, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, you know, I tried. I mean, we had two teams that didn't have first-round picks. Oh, that's right. Yeah, in the, the first Houston two. Texans and Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Jaguars made up for it by to having two first-round picks. Uh, Tennessee got a first round pick at 61. <laughs> yeah, they did. So they did. There's some pretty good return on investment here and some really uh, another brand draft class uh, in this division for me personally. I don't know about you, Joe, uh, but we want to start today with the Houston Texans. So let, let us introduce uh, the Houston Texans draft class to everybody. Uh, pick number 40, TCU defensive lineman Ross Blacklock. Pick number 90, defensive end Jonathan Grenard from Florida. Pick 126, they traded 136, 248, and 250 to move up uh, 10 spots to draft offensive tackle Charlie Heck, North Carolina. 141, cornerback John Reed, Penn State. 171, wide receiver Isaiah Coulter, Rhode Island. I like Ross Blacklock. And, yeah. um Man, I think between Blacklock and Amenahue, they got a couple of nice pieces there on that defensive line. Um, interested to see how this team evolves. You know, I think a lot of 3-4 under Romeo Cornell, Anthony Weaver now, the defensive coordinator, uh, see if they're going to play some more even fronts. But um, I, I think Blacklock was, you know, he was he was a guy that I had among my top 32 prospects. So I think this was a really nice pick for them. They had to get some answers on defense, man. I, I know that um, – they lost DeAndre Hopkins, but they kind of pieced together receivers with being able to get Brandon Cooks and, uh, you know, Kenny Stills is still there. Randall Cobb, they signed. They have Will Fuller. You know, none of those are Hopkins, but they they were able to piece that back together. So I thought that the attention had to go to defense, which was the problem with this team. And just look at that that Chiefs game where they gave up how many points unanswered? I mean, the, the defense was bad last year. So I think it was good for them to uh, to use these first two picks here to get some help on that defensive line, and hopefully the the talent that exists in the secondary can gel together with uh, with hopefully a better front seven this year. Here's my question: They lost DJ Reader. They did. You didn't replace him. Not in any way, shape, or form. Nothing like DJ Reader <laughs> exists on this roster. That's why uh, I was wondering if even fronts were going to be more part of what they do because they don't have a nose. Well, they they have Eddie Vanderdose, not a nose, but he could feasibly play one technique, which gets back to your point of yes, even fronts. So, looking at this personnel, how are you constructing an even front? 
are you looking at Whitney Merciless and J.J. Watt as your defensive ends? Blacklock and Vandernose being primary interior guys? Is Zach Cunningham playing Will? And Bernardrick McKinney playing True Mike? Is Bernardrick McKinney going to play more on the line of scrimmage? Like, how, how do you see that playing out? Uh, I'd probably play Watt at your five tech. I like Blacklock as my three, play Vanderdose as your one, and Menehue as your other end. I mean, you got Duke Ajay for who I think is better suited for even fronts. Merciless, I think, is interchangeable. Um, you know, Angelo Blackson's definitely a misfit in this type of a concept. They're playing him at five tech a ton, and I don't like him as a as a nose at all. Uh, so I think he's more of a rotational player. Carlos Watkins, I like as a three tech. I think I like their personnel better for a four man front. Even secondary, though I think, go ahead. I was gonna say secondary needs Lonnie Johnson to be oh. a top fifty pick. They sure do. Conley and Roby, not bad. Right. The depth behind it, and Vernon Hargraves in the nick. John Reed might beat him out for that job. Pro- he probably will, to be yeah. honest with you, and and hope that John Reed can stay healthy. He's got some durability questions, but really good football player when he's healthy. Little undersized. What do you think the plan for Charlie Heck is? They traded up for this guy. Right. They traded up for, traded up for a right tackle. Well, he's only a tackle, right? He's not playing guard. And you have Tunsil, who you paid a billion dollars to have. Titus Howard, is he going to play guard or tackle? Is that is that the idea here? Heck has a chance to be the tackle, and you, you play Titus Howard at guard? I think Heck needs a year in the weight room, so I think it's kind of a moot point this year anyway. Um. I don't know. I mean, they they've got Mac Mac Sharping has guard tackle capabilities. It's gonna be, be penciled into left guard. I guess if you move Titus Howard into, that's probably the long term plan. Titus Howard to guard and, and Heck is is your right tackle in in twenty twenty one. That's got to be the spending plan. two top fifty five picks on guards in twenty nineteen. Listen. <laughs> And Zach, but Zach, they got Zach Fulton. Zach Fulton's fine. Right. But I don't think he's a long-term answer there. I don't know. I I would try and make Charlie Heck my swing tackle. Sure. And it's not like they, they didn't pick him that high, but it was a, it was a targeted pick, right? They moved up for him. Right, They moved up to go get him. It took him a little higher than I thought he would go. So um, how dare you, sir? I like Charlie Heck. I thought he was a fourth, fifth round guy. I didn't think he was a trade up, have to have him type player, though. Kyle Krabs had him at one thirty one on his personal. Did you? Board. All right. Yeah. Big win for the brand. Anything else on this Texans uh, Texas draft class? Um, I guess we should probably shout out the fact that um, Brandon Cooks is a part of it. Yeah, for sure. They turned one of those second round picks in, into Cooks. Which why do they why do they hate making picks though? I don't know uh, because they're they're one of two teams in the NFL that has picked up 100 percent of their fifth year options since 2011. Every single one of them have been picked up, uh, but they don't want to make first round picks. Not not their thing. Okay, so we mentioned at the top of the show our friends over at Built Bar, and these guys we have been pumping the gas on not because of any other reason other than this is literally an amazing product. Joe, you and I have talked about this, that, you know, 
if we believe in your product, we'll stand behind your product. And that's the point that we've reached very quickly with our friends over at Bilt. Listen, you send me free stuff, I'm probably going to like it no matter what. But Bilt Bar, to, to send such an excellent product over, you know, a lot of protein bars, uh, you're expecting, you know, gnawing on a piece of leather or something like that. But that's not what you get with Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar, these things are delightful. They are easy to chew. They taste great. Natural chocolate. They got like one-seventh of the amount of carbs and sugar as a typical protein bar. And they've got 15 grams of protein. You're talking 120 to 150 calories a piece. So these things are light, but they're also satisfying. We have a very special offer for all of our friends listening to Draft Dudes. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. It's $10 off with the promo code Locked On. Get yourself a box of Built Bar. Joe, the Indianapolis Colts draft yeah. class. Yes, yes, yes. All right, I'll rip through it here and we can talk about it. We've got uh, at 34, wide receiver Michael Pittman from USC. 41, John Taylor. Chris Ballard moved up for running back from Wisconsin. 85, safety Julian Blackman from Utah. That was a bad pick. 122, quarterback Jacob Eason from Washington. Uh, 149, offensive tackle Danny Pinter from Ball State. 193, defensive tackle Robert Windsor from from, uh, Penn State. Kyle Krabs, Nittany Lions over there. 211, Cornerback Isaiah Rogers from Massachusetts, 212. Wide receiver Desmond Patton from Washington State, 213. Uh, safety Jordan Glasgow from Michigan. You just couldn't help yourself there? Oh, every time I hear Penn State, it's. It, I think some people think about uh, Kerry Collins, Saquon Barkley, Paul Pazluzny, you know, Joe Paterno. I think about Kyle Krabs when I hear Penn no, State. No, I'm talking about Julian Blackman. I appreciate the, the the pump you gave me there, but oh, okay. you know you, you couldn't even get the name Julian Blackman eighty five out of oh. your mouth before you had to say something about Dude's it. Dude's lost, man. Lost. Now let's let's look at it from the glass half full side. Okay. Corner safety experience. Where do you think he plays? I think he's gonna have to play safety. And we talked about this. Was it yesterday that they didn't pick up Malik Hooker's Option. Correct. I mean, the writing's on the wall here, brother. They took, they went out and got Julian Blackman. They drafted Kari Willis last year, who I think they like a good bit. Uh, you know, they drafted Jordan Glasgow, who's definitely a special teams guy, but a rosterable safety. I think the writing on the wall wall is here for Hooker. So, what Kari Willis and Julian Blackman tell me is they want guys who can tackle on the back end, and that's not Amari Hooker. No, not at all. That's another very good point. And it'll be fun for Julian Blackman and Michael Pittman to have discussions about that USC game <laughs> at Friday night <laughs> and talk about what yeah. the hell happened there. <laughs> how much How much of Pittman's signing bonus do you think Blackman is doing royalties <laughs> for making him he, look amazing? On oh, that he, he, he's, he's owed some of that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's some of the worst game tape I've ever seen. He's not, so, he, look, that, that game doesn't define his career, but man, it was tough to overlook. So... Let's talk about the Jonathan Taylor. This feels like a trend. I don't want to say a trend buster for Indianapolis, mm-hmm. but Chris Ballard kind of, he broke some quote unquote rules here, including training up for a running back in the top 50. So he gave up 
160 to move up three spots. Not an egregious price to pay. But the Colts have some backs on their roster. Mm -hmm. And nevertheless, still decided we need to get up to 41 to make sure we get our guy in Jonathan Taylor. Or why do we think that was the thought process for Indy? And even more specifically, Joe, who do you think they tried to get up in front of to make this pick happen? Because they were picking 44. The only teams in that range were Chicago, Jacksonville, and the Browns who had that pick at 41. Yeah, maybe maybe Jacksonville with some of the Fournette uh, rumblings and maybe another team that was trying to move up for Taylor. We'll, we'll never know there. But to me, this screams infrastructure, right? We want we, we have Phillip Rivers this year. We're going to try to get everything we can out of this dude. And the baton's going to have to be passed. And I don't know if that's Jacob Eason. They're going to groom him and give him a shot or if they're going to draft a quarterback in next year's draft, which it appears there's going to be some good options. And this is all about having everything in place, a very comfortable situation for a rookie to to come into and, and Phillip Rivers to thrive in as best he can. And so I like the the idea of, of with Pitt, Pittman in terms of how that rounds out the receiving core with Hilton as a uh, kind of a, a do-everything type player. Paris Campbell that's is the, a slot. That's the Mike Williams for this receiver core. It, it is. And then you got this – two-headed attack here in Mack and Taylor, and then you still have the versatility of a Naheem Hines to get him going in the receiving game again a bit. So I think this is getting complementary skill sets together, having more depth and having more firepower with your offensive weapons around a situation at quarterback where it's, hey, it's not Andrew Luck anymore. And they, they still got Jack Doyle, and they brought in Trey Burton too. Which makes sense to me because Doyle Doyle is a, um, is a good Being football a player. Yeah, but he exactly. And and I think they want that Ebron type player. And and maybe I mean Burton might be just as good as Ebron was for this team. Looking at this offensive line, you gotta feel really good about Costanzo, Nelson, Kelly, Glowinski, Braden Smith. <sighs> Damn right you do. Overhaul it's a good environment it. here for I mean yeah. and Frank Reich. Yeah. And then defensively they brought in Xavier Rhodes and DeForest Buckner on top yeah. of their draft selections. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what Rhodes has left in the tank. Maybe this scheme will will be good for him. But, uh, you know, if he doesn't work out, I don't necessarily love their cornerback situation because they cut Pierre Desire, which was kind of surprising. But, I mean, what what what's the plan? Is it going to be just – I know Marvell Tell is converting to corner, and that that's showed some good signs. But is it between Tell, Kenny Moore, Rockyson, Xavier Rhodes, TJ Carey? Like, at least we can find a few answers there. Is that kind of the approach at corner this year? They need it's, – it's just like we just got done talking about for uh, Houston with Lonnie Johnson. Rockyson needs to show up big time. Yeah, and he got some good experience last year, and I always thought he'd be a, a, a year two player, you know? And he right. got some good experience. Yeah, he, you weren't expecting Rock with kind of how he got a little grabby at the top of, of routes and stuff like that. You weren't expecting him to thrive in year one anyway. Yeah. So wouldn't say he's off schedule, but they need the big step forward. The good news is I like this linebacker group and I like this front seven. How do you feel about this pass rush? I mean, is this really about Ben Banigou maybe emerging in year two and Justin Houston, what's left in the tank? Hopefully Teray can stay healthy and you feel good about that trio? Well, I think you get Buckner at the three technique all of a sudden is going to be a big problem. Sure. Uh, and you get speed twitch guys outside of that in Banigou and Teray and, and whatever, as you said, Justin Houston has left in the tank. 
I think they've got enough to come from the angles outside that it's you can't just clog up DeForest Buckner. Yeah. You can't just make a miss mess in there. And then like you've got Tyquan Lewis as a potential rush specialist on even fronts. Going Tyquan Lewis, DeForest Buckner as your two inside guys. Or Sheldon Day. Yeah, and I can see Tyquan Lewis kind of claiming a bigger role this year. And D- Nico Autry's been a pretty good interior pass rusher at mm-hmm. times. So Yeah, I think they got enough pieces here to really make this work and they got a an athletic pairing in Darius Leonard and Bobby Okariki at, at linebackers. So a ton of length be between those two, man. Mm-hmm. Tackle radius for days. That, those are your two backers on the field in nickel packages. You got to feel good about that. Yes. Yeah. So I, I like a lot of what these guys are going to be able to do. Their roster is strong. They, they don't necessarily covet players the way that I do as like an overall, you know, 32 team criteria versus their own individual criteria. But I look at Pittman makes sense. Taylor was a bit of a surprise for me, but he still makes sense. As you said, you know, putting skill players around Phillip rivers uh, with the offensive line infrastructure that they have, and they have their athletic traits that they like in the secondary. And I think that's becoming pretty apparent. You look at, you know, Blackman and, some of the physical corners that they've tacked on on top of that too, Joe. I, I think the, these guys have a very clear template. They don't necessarily play by the rules that's friendly for like people who are grading their prospects in the media because their criteria is so specific, but it's working for them, and that's what's most important. Last note I'll make on the Colts is Philip Rivers behind this offensive line compared to what he had with the Chargers, man. Mm-hmm. It's going to give him a chance. I mean, Phil still threw for 4,600 yards. Last year, you know, it's not like he's not been able to get the ball out and, and, and find completions and create offense. He's just been under duress, man. And he's got weapons that I think thrive in the areas of the field where he can get the football to. I mean, good receiving backs as well as, you know, being able to get the football to a guy like Paris Campbell quick. And, you know, I think that T.Y. Hilton can uncover quick and then he could take his chances with a guy like Pittman. I like how this offense is set up to get something out of him this year. So shall we transition to the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yes, sir. All right, Jaguars. Big draft class. Lots Big. of bodies. Yes. Uh, C.J. Henderson, corner from Florida at 9. Calevon Chase on defensive end at 20 from LSU. LaVisca Chenault, wide receiver from Colorado at 42. Devon Hamilton, nose tackle, 73, Ohio State. Ben Barch from St. John's at 116, offensive tackle. Uh, nickel corner Josiah Scott from Michigan State at 137. Linebacker Shaq Quarterman from Miami at 140. Safety Daniel Thomas Auburn at 157. Wide receiver Colin Johnson from Texas at 165. Quarterback Jake Luton, uh, Oregon State, 189. Uh, 206 tight end Tyler Davis, Georgia Tech. And cornerback Chris Claybooks from Memphis at 223. Man, I love those first five picks. Even those first six, t- tossing Josiah Scott, man. I think they got a lot of guys that can help them. And I like the investments on the defense here. You know, th- this uh, this 2017 defense is, seems pretty pretty distant at this point. Not a whole lot uh, still on the roster that uh, was part of that, that run they made. But uh, to go and get a corner like C.J. Henderson with the man coverage skills that he has was big, right? No, no Ramsey, no Bouye anymore. They needed a corner like this. It's good value in the top ten. Uh, especially for the position he plays. And then to come back and get another pass rusher like Caleb on chase on, you can create some packages here with 
Josh Allen and, and Caleb on chase on. And, you know, I don't know if Ngakwe is going to be part of the mix, but right now he is. And uh, that's, that's as good of a top three pass rushers as I think exists in the league. So I like what they were able to get done with their first two picks in the first round there. The Jaguars are a team that routinely drafts players that are very high on my board. They're one of my brand teams. Uh, you have to admit the 2018 draft class for this to work. That was the Taven, Brian, DJ Chark, Ronnie Harrison, Will Richardson year. Um, but they've come away with like two top 20 players on my board in four of the last five years. And they wow. did it again this year with Henderson and, and Chase on. Obviously, they picked both those guys in the top 20, so they got good value there. But Chenault was a top 20 player for me. Devon Hamilton was a top uh, 60 player for me, and they got him at 73. They routinely covet and draft players in line with how I covet and draft players. Obviously, the big bugaboo here has been they didn't get the quarterback position right. They then tried the quarterback position again and again didn't get it right. I don't love their coaching staff. Tom Coughlin was a problem here. So it's like talent's not the problem in Jacksonville. They had to flush some of this talent out because of the toxicity. But they are now in a position again where, Joe, you mentioned the pass rush room that these guys have. They've got a ton of talent, physical talent. And you even go to the offensive side of the ball and and DJ Chark and the breakout here that he had and now LaVisca Chenault being a part of that. And I like some of the the physicality that they bring on their offensive line and Jawan Taylor who was a second-round pick last year. And There's plenty to be excited about with this group. Heck, they even signed Joe Schobert in free agency. There's plenty to be excited about for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but – Gardner Minshew's got to be the guy, and if he's not the guy, then you got to hope this team just absolutely stinks, and the coaching's bad, and the quarterback's play is bad, because if you put Trevor Lawrence on this team, let's freaking go. Yeah, I think that's what's exciting. It, it, it almost feels like a get-by year for Jacksonville. we got a coach here in Doug Marone where, you know, like, just get through this year. He's probably bad enough to not get too many wins out of, out of some talent here. You know, see what happens with Minshew. Who cares if it works out or not? Because if it works out, then great. You got your quarterback. If not, great. You get Trevor Lawrence. So uh, I think they're well positioned to to get by, see what happens. But the nucleus, the young nucleus of talent here is is uh, starting to become very exciting. And that starts with what they've been able to do in the draft and, and what they've been able to get done this year. Kyle, when you look at picks after, after the quarterman pick at 140, you look at this back half of the draft here. Is there anything that stands out to you? Because I think this is where I, I look at this class and say, man, I wish they would have got some more value later. No, but at the same time, who are you going to pull after 157 that's like going to move the needle for you big time? It's possible. We'll look at other draft classes and find plenty of those examples. I think that's I where... Know, I don't know about plenty of those examples. They'll they'll be there. Let me pull it up. Well, I mean, I'm, I, I, I like, I like uh, yeah, Laurel Merchantson at 174 for the Titans. I I'm just sure want to see some mention Bryce Hall at 158, one pick after the Daniel Thomas pick. Sure, that would have been a million times better pick. I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of off like nickel and diming teams for fifth round picks and later. I'm not saying the nickel dime. I'm just saying, what do you like about what they got done? Who's the guy in that range that you feel good about? Colin Johnson is a, a vertical threat. Would it right. have been my pick? No, but like, if that's how if that's what they felt like they needed versus what they already have on the roster, who might argue with you? You know, sure. there were there there were definitely other players that I liked more than the guys that they took. 
But yeah. I don't know. I th- I think you I can't possibly say bad things about this draft class based on what they did in the top 150 picks. Which I think is always easy to do when you have 920, 42, 73, 116. Like you should come out smelling like a rose because you had a lot of picks. I'm just curious if there was anything that you saw later in this draft that moved the needle that you said, hey, that could be a really nice cherry on top for what they were able to get done early. No, my expectations are low for the last five picks. Right. But I didn't know if any of those guys moved the needle. Jake Lutton. Yeah, man, they got Devon Hamilton. Right. That's going to be fun. Darius's spot. You could sign Marcel Darius right now if you want to. Yeah. But if they were going to keep him, they had to pay him $20 million this year. Yeah. So had, had to, had to be done there. Upgraded uh, the position <laughs> and you're going to pay him uh $19 million less this year. Right. So it's a big win. Right. That's the value of the draft guys and girls start the competition today with people important in your mom's life. Mother's day is her super bowl. So celebrate this mother's day by scoring her favorite gift of the day. Your mom will be able to travel in her mind to exotic India Sample the food and laugh at the perils of raising a teenager in 1950s India through a new book called The Henna Artist. By the way, it's Reese Witherspoon's book club's pick for May. Then anytime in May, post a picture of you or your mom holding the ebook or book on Instagram or Facebook and tag the author at the Alkayoshi. A donation of four meals per post, up to 10,000 meals, will go to Feeding America. So guys and girls, buy the henna artist today at your favorite bookseller, including Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, and Target, and make mom the ultimate winner in your family this Mother's Day. Kyle, one more draft class to get to here, the AFC runner-up here, the Tennessee Titans. 29, they picked offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson from Georgia. At 61, cornerback Christian Fulton from LSU. Good pick. 93, running back Darrington Evans from App State. 174, defensive lineman Laryl Murchison from North Carolina State. 224, quarterback Cole McDonald from Hawaii. And safety Chris Jackson from Marshall at 243. Now, you liked Isaiah Wilson a good bit, correct? I like him, uh, especially for this scheme. I don't think he was a universal scheme fit, but if you want to be a power run team, I don't think you're going to find a better answer at right tackle. Uh, well, yeah, you will, but you'll—he's a good answer at right tackle. Uh, the big question is pass protection, right? And I think you just count on you know, 350 pounds and 36 inch arms. There's a lot to get around, and if he can get your hands on you, you're going to have a chance. Obviously, the foot speed's not there; he'll have to overcome some limitations in that regard. But he's going to maul, and he's a lot to get around. And for this style of offense, I think this kind of works. Yeah, it's the uh, stepping into the Jack Conklin role makes a lot of sense. Uh, As you said, uh, scheme fit makes a lot of sense. It makes it easier for you to understand what the thought process here was with this pick. And it becomes a hell of a lot easier when you get to pick 61. And the guy that I probably would have picked it at 29 is still on the board in Christian Fulton. Yeah, geez, man. I had him as like a top 20 prospect in this class and, I'll tell you, I don't know what made him fall, but it wasn't his game tape. <laughs> that guy could play. It's interesting. Uh, when you look at this cornerback room, do you think he's going to play some slot here? Is it maybe a chance to get a Dory Jackson working for more from the slot? But I know they like to be interchangeable and play matchups, and obviously Fulton, a guy that thrives in multiple coverage techniques, he, he lends himself uh, very favorably to what they want to get done here with their cornerback room. Yeah, I think he. you got to envision 
Adore stepping into this. You know, Adore's bounced back and forth a little bit and played some slot, and you're definitely not going to be pulling Malcolm Butler out of that role. Right. But if you go Butler, Fulton, Jackson as your your nickel corners with Bayard and Vicaro and either Crookshank or Amani Hooker, you can go six defensive backs and feel really good about what you have on the field at yeah, all they, times, at all they spots. Play, they play Amani a lot down low in the slot as well. So uh, just a lot of versatility here, man. It's um, it's a disguised defense, and they've got the guys to get that done. Are you worried? I know you were very distraught. Uh, well, I'd like it a lot better if Jarrell Casey was there. I mean, I, they created a hole. They created a hole. They've moved to, what, $12 million in cap space, got a seventh-round pick, and now your defensive linemen are Daquan Jones and Jack Crawford and Jordan Williams and Laryl Merchantson. Come on. like Casey's, Outside of Jeffrey Simmons. Right, yeah, Simmons is obviously a foundational piece there, but, like, I just – I still can't stomach that move um, for this football team. So, yeah, that that somewhat – reduces my belief in this defense, even though I really, I mean, their back seven is freaking good. No, I think you'll see this team's probably going to run a ton of just three man fronts, right? And then just rush. I I can't imagine not having Harold Landry and Vic Beasley as like your rush linebackers in a three, four. Yeah, that's what they'll do. And then if you want to bring, you know, extra heat, maybe Rashawn Evans is kind of your your interior blitzer. If you get into more sub packages and you want to pull uh, Daquan Jones off the field, you know, then you can start getting a NASCAR package with Landry, Evans, Simmons, uh, Beasley, all on the field at the same time. David Long's a nice little backup as far as a penetration type player. Reggie Gilbert had some, they still uh, did they re-sign Kamali Correa? He's on this depth chart, so I, I I guess they did. I don't feel like I remember that though. I don't either. Yeah, You're, I guess so. Yeah, good for them. So they re-signed. Uh, Resign him on April 1st. So he yeah, snuck through did. like in the one year, three and a half million dollar deal. Yeah, it's reasonable. So I think they've got enough flexibility. Like what this tells me is you're not going to run a ton of base defense. No, and I think that's that's their goal. All your best players are in the back seven. So Simmons, somebody to take some space in the opposite interior AB gap and get your best athletes on the field. Maybe they should sign Marcel Darius. One that'll year, be a two. fun, that'll be, that'll be a fun thing to look at too, is like who's left on the market, right? They should, they should consider another, another player up front and, you know, offensively, I, they needed to get something next to Henry. Cause right now they're only, Meaningful backup was like David Fluenelin, who has like six carries in the league since 2015. Uh, so to get a different type of runner. Now, Evans is interesting because I think he's better suited for his own rushing attack. Um, and I, he doesn't necessarily excel, I think, when spaces are condensed and he has to make tight decisions in traffic. But he gives a speed element, which 
complements Derrick Henry quite well. Um, and look, if your identity is going to be the power running game, you, you need to make sure you've got some depth at running back. Obviously, you want Henry to be the focal point, but uh, you'd hate for him to go down and, you know, you're you're left uh, looking for, you know, your your horse that you need to, to make this offense go. Right. Any parting thoughts? I'm concerned about the depth of this team on offense in particular. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of wiggle room for any injuries. That's That'd be my biggest concern with this football team. I love their depth on, on the back seven, but front, you know, defensive line and, and they're really the entirety of their offense. I just don't think they're set up well to, to lose anybody for injury, but I like their starting lineup a ton. Yeah. What's really interesting is this team, you look at who they drafted and pretty much they are betting on running back last year's team. And it's like, Isaiah Wilson replaces Jack Conklin and Christian Fulton steps into the outside corner so that Adore Jackson can replace Logan Ryan and uh, Darrington Evans, who is their third round pick is going to replace Dion Lewis who left this off season and Laryl Murchison, who's their next pick is going to be charged with replacing Jarrell Casey. So it's almost like, what that lightning in a bottle that we captured last year, we are exclusively betting on that working and just replacing the pieces that we missed. So that'll be an interesting storyline to see play out uh, for the Titans tomorrow and Friday. We're doing the West division. So make sure you hit subscribe, come on back and see us. Kyle Crab sign off Joe Marino. Thanks as always for listening to the draft dudes podcast.